What's up, everyone? Welcome to this day in Philly Sports History for March 1st, 2024. I'm your host, Jim Montgomery. Welcome to a Friday edition, a feel-good Friday, a new month, March 1st. We got new things coming up on the show for the month of March. More on that in a minute. But every time it turns to March, I always go back to elementary school. And, and maybe this was just mine. Let me know if I'm crazy. Most of you do anyway. But we always did the things that March comes in like a lion and goes out like a lamb. And we always drew and colored the lamb and the lion and all those things. I don't know if it was just an easy craft for the teachers who didn't feel like teaching that day or what. But let me know. Did your school do the March in like a lion, out like a lamb? 267-495-8531. Get you in on the voice and text line. Let's have a little bit of fun today. It's a Friday, March 1st. Let's do it. Let's start with a recap. <clears throat> Excuse me. I still can't shake this, and it's probably going to get even worse with allergies and things coming up, but <clears throat> I apologize. Please bear with me. But yesterday, I asked you, who was the Sixers' third option? And everybody was split uh, a third each way between Buddy Heald, Tobias Harris, and someone else. Personally, I don't think they have a third option, which kind of goes into is the problem. Uh, we'll get more on the Sixers here in a minute. But I wanted to bring up, and I haven't done this because most of your voicemails are are just you telling me how much I suck or the Nigerian prince telling me I have $10 million in a bank account. Uh, but this one really caught my, my attention, and I'll play it for you here in a minute. But this is Matt from Fort Washington. You know, I will say that I know that there's minimum games you got to hit now for the MVP. But if this latest Sixers run doesn't, cement the fact that Embiid should be the MVP, I honestly don't know what does. So let's get it going. Grassroots campaign. Joel Embiid for MVP, despite playing only 30 games. I can't disagree. Uh, I I think, and to me, it raises up a larger point. The fact that it's not necessarily the, the most valuable player. It's... Because to me, the most valuable player is who's the most valuable for his team. Obviously, as Matt brought up, Joe, hands down. You take Joe off this team and they're a lottery team, like fighting for the top pick in the draft. So I I think in that regard, Joe is the most valuable player. I I think we need to maybe rethink. And the the NCAA does this in the Final Four. They don't give out the MVP. They give the most outstanding player. So – Maybe as far as value goes, Joe, hands down, is the most valuable player. Is he going to be the most outstanding player this year? <clears throat> no, because he's not going to hit those games. So it's something that maybe the NBA needs to look into tweaking. I don't know. Uh, but thank you, Matt, from Fort Washington. It's a great point. And I think, what do you guys think? Let's start a grassroots campaign. Let's. Hey, Joe obviously is the most valuable player on the team. Um, like you look, they, they've won what three games all year without him, and they were fighting for one of the top two seed or top three seeds in the East when he was there. So great call, Matt. Good point, and let's let's maybe re- revisit that. Maybe it's the most outstanding player and not the most valuable player because to me, I mean, value means what you bring to the table, and obviously Joe brings so much to the table for the Sixers. Uh, let's just stick with the Sixers who are in action tonight with against the Hornets tonight down at the Wells Fargo Center. Um, <clears throat> and I, I don't know how I feel about this. I, I, maybe we're jumping the shark here, and maybe this was a joke. I don't know. 
But there was a, a tweet that nobody really knows whether it's – I heard some people say it was fake and then there were some things delete it. But talking about giving Tobias a standing ovation to help break out of his slump. And I, I think why I think this is fake is because they said we need our assassin back. And that was the words that Tobias's dad used when saying he's one of the best players in the league, blah, 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 blah. I, I feel as though it, it, it can't, couldn't be real. But I think just Tobias is who he is at this point. I don't know what we're, what we're expecting. I mean, this has been, what, four or five years of this? And he... As Denny Green would say, he is who we thought he was, and he's not consistent. And this is the time where we really needed him to step up. So maybe he breaks out of it tonight. I don't know. Yes, I know he was injured. I know he was sick. But, I mean, he just, I don't know. He looks like somebody who's playing out the string, and he's always been that way. He's always been the guy that uh, everybody talks about Ben Simmons hiding in the Atlanta series. But Tobias kind of... It got pouty if he didn't get the ball early and, and got involved early in, in certain games. So I, I don't know. Let me know what you think about that. But we got to stop. We're Philly fans. And Slay was just talking about how tough it is to play and blah, blah, blah. We're losing our edge, Philadelphia. Come on now. Like, I, I'm all about new Philly, but not this is not the new Philly I was talking about. Let's stop with the standing ovations. Tobias is going to be gone. The way the Sixers are playing, Tobias is probably going to be gone in six weeks anyway. Uh, hopefully longer if they make a run. But come on, man. We're better than that, Philly. We are better than that. But that does lead us into today's question of the day. And is Joel the most valuable player? And again, think about the wording of that. He's, we're not talking about like the NCA most outstanding player. Is he the most valuable player to his team in Philadelphia? Let me know what you think. And, that, I mean, is it Bryce? Like, who is the most valuable player to a, a team in Philadelphia? Is it Bryce, Joe, uh, Jalen? Um, it's kind of tough right now with the Flyers because they're a young team and, and they're going over. But who's the most valuable player to their team in Philadelphia right now? 267-495-8531. And let's get uh, – Matt, I'm telling you, let's start that grassroots campaign. Joel for MVP. Let's do it. I mean, what else have we got going on? It's not like we got playoff basketball happening or meaningful playoff basketball anyway. Boy. All right. So I told you back in January that – one of my New Year's resolutions was to lose 51 pounds. And the, the one extra came because I wanted to get to a specific number. And I, I wanted to make sure I was holding myself accountable. And if any of you are, are doing something, hopefully this helps you to do accountability. But first of every month, I'll go in and kind of update you. January, I did dry January. Lost a ton of weight just from not drinking at all. <clears throat> Obviously, back on the wagon somewhat in February, but I did uh, intermittent fasting, and I started a couple days early, so you get 30 days in. I did a 16-8 fast, and every single day, um, sometimes I, I, my timing was a little off, especially on the weekends, but I made sure to get that 16 hours of fasting in every day. And I'm happy to say since January 1st, I'm down 18 pounds. Uh, and, and I'm looking forward to it. And to me, the biggest uh, excitement for me was uh, Wednesday night when I went to the illegal part ceremony. And I was, it was I wanted to look good because I wasn't sure who I was going to meet and wanted to grow. Like I handed out some business cards and things like that. So I wore a sports coat. 
uh, a sports coat I bought for the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame ceremony back in November of last year. Uh, I bought it in October, and by the time the ceremony came around, it was too tight on me. I'm happy to say I was able to wear it comfortably and actually button it. I had to wear it to a funeral over Christmas, and it, it was bad. Uh, I could barely... It, so the fact that I could fit into that, uh, small wins, small gains, but we'll take it. 18 pounds since January. Um, so hopefully that's the, some motivation that you need to, to hold yourself accountable. For March, I'm going to try something here. And uh, a good friend of mine, Scott, uh, turned me on to this uh, at the end of last year. And what I want to do is I'm going to do 50 push-ups, 50 set-ups, and 50 body weight squats throughout the day in addition to my normal workouts. I'm starting with 50 just because I want to feel it out. I might up it to 75 or even 100 uh, by the end of March. Go out like a lion. Um, but um, just to see, and it, it'll kind of help me because I, I work from home. So a lot of times I'll get up, stretch my legs, and my, the loop I take goes through the kitchen. And so I, I'm not grabbing a snack. I'll get up, go into the living room, bust out 10, 15 of each or, or whatever I got to do. Um, so if it's something you want to do uh, and play along at home, you can do that. But I'll update you on April 1st. But it's just my way right now of holding myself accountable by putting it out there. Now that it's on public record, uh, I, I'm going to hold myself to that. And it really helped me with dry January as well as the fasting. I'm going to continue to fast for the most part because um, I just feel so much better. Like I'm not as sluggish and, and bloated from eating so much. Uh, and, and fitting all your meals into that window is nice. So I'm going to continue with that. But let me know if I can help you guys out in any way. <clears throat> all right. Uh, I wanted to give a quick update on uh, my my high school, my district's basketball and <clears throat> for both girls and boys, they are both alive in getting ready, gearing up for the PIAA playoffs. The Upper Dublin boys lost to Unionville yesterday uh, in the District 1 finals, but they're still alive. They will be the two seed out of District 1 going into the PIAA playoffs. Both teams are good, so they should be able to make some noise, the girls and the boys. The girls are playing their final district game tonight for seeding. Um, I think they're in the sixth or the seventh, eighth place, seventh, eighth place game. Uh, so they're both heading to the PIAA playoffs. So shout out and good luck to the Flying Cardinals of Upper Dublin. Uh, I mentioned too the Back to the Future or the illegal part. I sat down with Brian Michael a couple weeks ago. Uh, <clears throat> still relevant. Uh, check it out. Uh, the illegal part down at Camden County College. It, it's a great thing. The event they had on Wednesday night was awesome. So check out that interview. Back to the Future with a PH wherever you get your podcast as well as on YouTube. While you're there, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe this podcast. Like and subscribe to YouTube if you're listening on Apple. If you're on Spotify, leave a review, uh, whatever. All of those things help the algorithm. And I feel like I'm ready to, to start growing this and taking it to the next step. Um, <clears throat> hopefully, and I, I'm, not, I'm not a professional at this yet, so hopefully going back to the voicemail, hopefully it's just not me sitting there for 30 seconds looking <laughs> and you guys are like, what are you doing? Uh, Flyers in action tonight down in D.C., it's a big game for them in the playoff race. Uh, Washington is a team that's chasing them, trying to get into one of those wild card spots. So good night for, for Philly sports. Um, the Sixers could possibly beat the Hornets, and they desperately need a win. 
Hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, there's no standing ovation. Like, come on. Come on, people. All right. The, you got one week left now. It is March 1st to get your fan ballot in for the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. Go to phillyhall.org backslash fans voice. Fill out your fans ballot. And I'm telling you, this is a heavy hitter uh, class. So it's... It, you're going to want to be there. So fill it out. And even though you don't necessarily get an official vote, if your ballot is the closest to the the official induction class, you will receive two VIP tickets to the ceremony, um, which I believe the VIP, that's what I had last year, get you into the meet and greet for um, this year's induction class. I'm telling you, it's a hard-hitting class, like some big names. So check it out phillyhall.org backslash fans voice the link is in the description as well all right some eagles news and and again as much as i want to just put them over here it's never ending with this team but i mentioned the and i I woke up to it so i I didn't really get a lot into it i I saw the clip i don't really think slay said anything that bad so if people are freaking out about it i mean he said it stresses him out he said that they they boo him boo him at halftime which it's true. We do that. Uh, he said they were all turned into offensive coordinators screaming, run the ball, which we did. And they should have. Uh, so I don't think he said, so I don't know if there's outrage. It was one of those stories, I guess that dropped overnight and I saw it. I don't think there should be outrage. You should not be outraged by it. Um, Especially if you're one of those people that want to give Tobias Harris a standing ovation, you certainly should not be outraged by what Slay said. But I think the big news was the tush push is safe, according to Troy Vincent. And he said, we don't want to outlaw it because one team does it so much better than the others. So I guess that's good. And that's probably what Nick Sirianni meant when he said the the offense is going to be a combination of his old versus what Kellen Moore brings in. So I imagine there's going to be more. The, the tush push isn't going away. And then the rest of it will just be whatever Kellen brings in. Uh, lots of teams apparently are calling the Eagles interested in trading for Hassan Reddick. Um, again, it still needs you need to sit, figure out what it is. Like I, I'm not opposed to it, but I wouldn't mind having him back either, just based on what he's done over the past three years. I mean, you, you can't ignore ignore his numbers. So we'll see. Uh, they are at the combine this week, and Jeremiah Trotter Jr. said it would be a blessing to play in Philly, where his dad did. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of buzz around this, and I don't necessarily think I, I, I'm opposed to it. Uh, you see what Asante Samuel Jr. is doing. Um, <clears throat> yes, it's big shoes to fill, but I, I think, I mean, if he has Trotter's work ethic and pedigree, I mean, that's honestly that's what the Eagles need for linebacker. They need somebody who's going to work hard uh, and, and stay healthy. So we'll see. I mean, we got some time, free agencies in a couple weeks, and then we we turn our sights directly on the draft. This was an interesting story, and I don't even know what to make of it, but apparently McCole Hardman, the Jets, are saying while he was there, leaked the game plan, the offensive game plan to the Eagles. Um, The Eagles still lost that game, so I'm not sure uh, how well they did. It was one of their better defensive performances, I guess you could say, of the season. They only gave up 20 points. Uh, but it was a rainy day up there, and Zach Wilson was the quarterback. So I don't know how much stock I'd put into this story. 
Um, and they still lost. I, I, I don't know. But it's just interesting because it's, it's one of those things, though, that could impact a lot of teams if – like more of these stories come out that if a player's unhappy, he's like, hey, here's our game plan. Um, so it's worth monitoring, but I don't – I mean, if the Eagles won it, it would be different, but they lost the game. And if they had the game plan and still gave up 20 points to Zach Wilson, although I think there was a pick six that Jalen threw in there too, uh, if I remember back correctly. But I don't know. I, the fact that they lost a game that they allegedly had the – Oh boy! All right, let's just—I'm done with 2023 for the Eagles. Let's move on to 2024. Uh, speaking of just uh, the, the hits, just keep on coming today. Um, the Phillies have officially retired Dollar Dog Night. Um, rest in peace, and they're replacing it with—I'm not really sure. I, I guess they're gonna. They're—I don't know. <laughs> they're gonna still make money. Hot dogs are like three fifty, so you're getting two hot dogs for three fifty. They're replacing it with a buy one get one free. Uh, the Phillies statement said it was really, or they got rid of it partly because of last year when everybody was throwing the hot dogs at each. And I'm laughing because this is the, this is where we are in the sports calendar. Like we're talking about hot dogs, um, or as a, we're, we're talking about hot dogs, not the game, not the game, hot dogs. Um, but apparently there were fans, sir. I don't know anybody who thought dollar dogs were a bad t- idea. Um, the team wasn't playing well when they were. I, I don't know. I mean, the fat kid in me, even though I'm down 18 pounds, the fat kid in me is pissed off because whether it was Temple basketball, uh, the Phillies, whatever, I always, like, I love dollar dog days. And I would always try to see how many we could, could do. I remember times being down there when the Phillies were bad where, We'd have a beer and a hot dog, try to have one each inning. Responsibly, we took the subway. Um, But, man, like I said, the fat kid in me is just, thanks for ruining it for all of us, jerks. But I guess I just have to go buy one, get one free. Um, But on the field, Christian Pache hit a home run yesterday, and the Phillies shut out the Blue Jays. Like, this pitching, the the Phillies pitching so far this spring has been lights out. Um, And I don't know if, that's a good thing or a bad thing right now, um, but it's been solid. So hopefully that will continue. I do think the, the, this team, it's going to revolve around the pitching staff, specifically the back end of the rotation. Um, but again, I'm, I'm still trying to finalize when I w- I'm going to release the uh, or record because, again, I don't want to jinx it like I did last year, the Phillies preview, but stay tuned for that. It is March 1st, last day to probably safely get your St. Paddy's gear from Philly Goat. Uh, I talked to Ryan about it. Unfortunately, you can't get the shoes, but buy the shoes anyway. I'm telling you, check out these shoes if you haven't. I keep talking about them. I checked with Ryan. The The fit is basically, uh, he says he they've he wears size, I forget what size he says, but like in New Balance and Nike, and, and they fit perfectly. So go check these out. They're, they're, they're made to order. The, just the designs are phenomenal. I cannot wait to, to just rock these down at the beach this summer, um, to the pool, to wherever. Uh, go to phillygoat.com. Use the promo code Jim Montgomery for 10% off your order. That's phillygoat.com. Promo code Jim Montgomery for 10% off your order at checkout. All right, today we're going to go back to 1938. And on this day in 1938, the first ever fight at the legendary Blue Horizon took place. 
the Blue Horizon is a legendary boxing venue on North Broad <clears throat> between Thompson and Master. Just a couple, like a block down from Girard, a couple blocks up from Temple's campus. Uh, definitely walking distance, uh, right by Progress Plaza. Actually, it's you can kind of, and I think it was um, Ben Franklin High School used to be there. Um, but it was originally though it wasn't at, during this fight in 1938. It was not the Blue Horizon. It was originally built in 1865 as three separate houses, and I was in a fraternity house. Up on Broad and Norris that was in this style, like this old school style. So it was actually three separate houses in 1865. It was sold to the Loyal Order of the Moose eventually, who did some renovations and combined it into what it was today. Uh, eventually, like it became a large moose lodge. They had like 40,000 members at one point, I think. And it was supposed to be expanded. And then the Great Depression happened. And... It, it just uh, they put those plans on hold. It had a couple fight cards though, and the first fight card was this one on March first in 1938. They had another later in the month, um, and then it just here and there. But they never did finish the expansion in 1961. Jimmy Toppy Senior bought it, changed the name to the Blue Horizon after a song from a movie, and the rest, as they say, is history. Um, some just some great Philly boxers that, that fought at the Blue Horizon. Um, Jay Russell Peltz was the promoter, and he just had a knack for finding talent and getting good fights there. Matthew Sad Muhammad, who we talked about for the Black History Spotlight last month. Bernard Hopkins, Cyclone Hart, Tim Witherspoon, uh, Sammy Gross, Jeff Chandler, Benny Briscoe, Meldrick Taylor. Uh, Sugar Ray Leonard fought there as a, an amateur uh, didn't ironically enough, I didn't know this. Didn't get its first world title fight to 1997, and that's when Charles Brewer retained the IBF super middleweight. Uh, it was more of just like the local Pennsylvania, Philadelphia boxers and things like that. Uh, Veronica Michael uh, was one of the uh, groups who purchased it in the 90s, and she became the first female African American boxing promoter in Pennsylvania, which is pretty cool, especially since it's Women's History Month. Some of Rocky Five, I know, Rocky Five, but some of Rocky Five, some of Tommy Gunn's uh, fight scenes were filmed there. The the movie Annapolis, which I had never seen, but apparently James Franco is in, uh, filmed some things there. It closed permanently in 2010. I was in there once for boxing. Uh, we went, uh, I forget who I even went with, but it was when I was living on campus in the summertime. And I just remember it was hot. There was no air conditioning in the place ever. Uh, and it just had that distinct smell. Uh, but it was a very cool and intimate place to, wa to watch a fight. But on this day, 1938, the legendary Blue Horizon had its first boxing match. Even though at the time it was not the, the Blue Horizon. It was the, the Moose Lodge there on North Broad. Uh, but a great historical venue in Philadelphia. Uh, many great fighters went through the hall. So on this day, 1938, the first fight ever happened. Okay, I mentioned it's March, it's Women's History Month, and we started this last year, and it was very successful, so we're going to continue it this year, uh, and we're going to do a Philly's sport, Philly Sports Women's History Spotlight, and today we're going to start with Lisa Raymond uh, from Norristown, PA. She is a retired professional tennis player. She went to the Academy of Notre Dame de Namur 
I think I'm saying that right, in Villanova, an all-girls Catholic school. Got a scholarship to the University of Florida where she was the NCAA singles champion in 1992 and 93. Helped lead Florida to the national championship in 1992. First college player to ever win all three Grand Slam titles, collegiate Grand Slam titles in, in the same season in 92. She obviously was the, the college player of the year in 1992. But she's mostly known as a doubles player. Um, she has six Grand Slams in doubles. Uh, she's won all four of the, the Grand Slams. 79 career titles. Was ranked at number one in 2000. As a mixed doubles, she has also five Grand Slams. All of them but the Australian. Uh, she won the bronze medal in the 2012 uh, Summer Olympics in mixed doubles. She was a member of the 2000 Fed Cup winning team. Uh, she does have four singles career single career titles, but as I mentioned, she was better known as a doubles player. Her highest ranking as a singles player was number 15, and that was in 1997. She retired in 2015 with over $10 million in winnings. She is a Philadelphia Sports Hall of Famer, and she was nominated in 2022 for the International Tennis Hall of Fame. Hopefully that's something that comes to her very soon. But today's Philly Sports Women History Spotlight is Lisa Raymond, Norristown's own. I believe she lives somewhere in Delaware County. I want to say media now. Uh, but one of the best double players to ever do it, especially from our area. 11 Grand Slam titles, $10 million in career winnings. Lisa Raymond, today's Philly Sports Women's History Spotlight. On this day, 1938, the Blue Horizon held its first ever boxing match, even though it was known as the Moose Lodge at the time. Uh, just would go on to, to have many legendary fights, legendary fighters through there. Just a very small, I think it was like 1,500-seat uh, arena, but uh, very, very, just the nostalgia, just thinking. Like, I can still smell it. Just whenever anybody says the Blue Horizon, I can smell it. I picture walking in and just being hot too and it was of course it's summer in philly it was like 100 degrees uh but let me know what you think who is the most valuable player to their team in philadelphia is it joe bryce jalen or someone else who i'm not thinking of 267-495-8531 and like matt from fort washington said let's start this grassroots movement let's get joe that mvp let me know, too, what you think about the dollar dog night. Is it the Phillies overreacting to a group of idiots who were throwing hot dogs? And and I say that as a term of endearment because had I been there when I was that age, I probably would have bought $10 worth of hot dogs myself, ate five, and threw five. So I'm just saying, just saying. Uh, but let me know. Let me, also, keep me posted if you're going to start doing the, the push-up sit-ups and squat thing with me for Lion. Let's go in. Let's For, for Lion. For March, let's go in like a uh, lamb and go, or in like whatever. You know what I'm saying. It's Friday. Let's just go. Go have yourselves a Friday. This has been This Day in Philly Sports History. I'm Jim Montgomery. And until next time, I'll see you when I see you.